Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson of Mavs Moneyball coming to you live about 30 minutes after the Dallas Mavericks just defeated the Los Angeles Clippers in Game 1 of the Western Conference. Uh, was it semifinals? I don't know. What, quarterfinals? Whatever. Who cares? The Mavs won. Feels good. I'm really excited for a multitude of reasons, not only because it's 8 o'clock at night. For those of you listening on the podcast, I hope you heard Josh and I talk right after the game. For those of you joining me live here in the locker room, I am really excited. I hope you're as happy as I am. Let's uh, let's talk this out because, you know, a lot of times when we do group therapy, it's because we're unhappy. I think we should lean into the joy on this one. Uh, coming up first, uh, I'm going to bring uh, my friend Jason Gallagher, who I told to join me because he was... Uh, you know, texting with me, and I wasn't going to be able to do both. Jason, how you doing, buddy? What's up, man? How are you? I'm feeling good. I haven't felt this good since Game Four against the Clippers. <laughs> uh, it's a... This is a more. Um, this was is more. I'm trying to think. Like this was just satisfying in a way yeah. that that game was more shocking, and I I'm just I'm pumped. Yeah, yeah, I feel the exact same way. The the satisfaction of like i i don't know i i really talked myself into uh just trying to be at peace coming into this series because it's not that i didn't have high hopes i did the maps played well down the stretch and everything like that but there was something about them you know i you just need to see it to believe it like close game sort of not uh what would be a lucky win you know with the buzzer beater but just to see them close out in the end, man, it was satisfying is the exact right word. And, you know, Porzingis, as you as I might as well just bring him up, you know, um, he he did a couple great things there at the end that I think just can change the whole trajectory of the series if he sort of continues to do those things. So very satisfied, very happy. I'm drinking a White Claw. I'm loving life. <laughs> It's, it's summertime. You got to lean into the seltzer. Um, I know you have a take, and I want you to be—I want you to feel comfortable with this take because I think one of the one of the key components about being a Mavs fan with me is yes. being able to enjoy the good moments while also being willing to label to to discuss criticisms because we can't. We, I mean, I say we like I'm on the team. The Mavs can't really get where they want to go unless they face certain aspects of, of the challenges that are in front of them. So so you had a good take, and I want to hear it. Okay. All right. You cut out there for like a second for me, but I think oh, you're sorry. just asking about my take, which is simply that yes. the Clippers are not as good as the Mavs if Porzingis is playing, period. Uh, that is if my Porzingis take. Is that the take you were talking Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's go with it. Yes. Well, not not if whether or not he's in the game, if whether or not he's on the roster and available to play. I think they become a very difficult team to scheme for if he is. Uh, I, I it was it was a I got to be honest. It was like a, a quarter baked take last season. You know when he played so well in those early games and you know was ejected, got hurt, blah blah blah. Um, it was clear that Dallas was better than them then. Tonight, you know, he, he's just he's just a threat enough that you have to scheme for him. You have to game plan for him. And then when they're doubling Luca in any one of Brunson, Dorian. And so, like, people, you know, I heard some on the broadcast people saying, like, well, you know, can, can Brunson and uh, Dorian Finney-Smith really just keep hitting those? You know, if, if this was a whole different game, 
perhaps, uh, or, you know, if they weren't hitting those, it could be, you know, the Mavericks could lose by five. But yep. the thing is that Maxi wasn't hitting. KP wasn't hitting. Like, we have a number of dudes that are capable of hitting those shots that actually were not hitting. And mm-hmm. so Porzingis, I just think, is it, 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 despite whatever faults or whatever, whatever, he's such a distraction that... Right. Right. No, I, I'm with you on this one. So I think you know, you know that you have a corner, that... but I'm sticking to it. No, no, it's good. No, because my corner has been they need to stop treating him like a special boy. Not that he's not mm-hmm. good. It's just he's not Luca good. And yeah, that's OK. No, like four players in the world might be Luca good. But, you know, your point has, has a lot of validity because he got that dunk in the fourth quarter. And it was just incredible because no one was near him. Luca was yeah. drawing so much attention that Porzingis, a seven foot three, you know, Slenderman, was able to sneak all the <laughs> way down the lane and be wide open yes. for a dunk because the Clippers were so worried about Luca. That's awesome. Yeah, totally. And 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 with you know, the, and and like it's exactly what you're saying. He's not a special boy. He's he's not that. He is one of the very many quality role players that the Mavericks have, and he. I'll say he's above average quality role player, but that's when he is that, when you look at him like that as a fan, this is group therapy. This is an affirmation of faith. As you've said, when, when that is how you watch Porzingis, it's actually a much more pleasurable experience for me. Um, and I, I suggest to anybody who's, who's thinking that and just, you know, like, um, frankly, Frankly, Tim Hardaway is probably the second best. I mean, he's the second best Maverick. So just accept it. Let's go. Let's go. That's right. Let's and that's go. How, Thank and, you, and I, hold on. Hold on. One more thing. And that's how the 2011 Mavs kind of operated, too. The second best player could have been anyone on a, any given night. Ah, uh, what? So let's go. This is a good take. This is a I'm – a, I'm very mad. I'm Bill Simmons mad at you take for a great – this is really good. <laughs> Damn. should have thought of this one. I like this. Well, Jason, yeah, I appreciate I'm... you coming up. Hey, man, anytime. I'm going to go watch Jurassic Park. Goodbye. That's right. All right, enjoy the evening. Have a good one. You too, Brian. Okay, we got a line of people. We're going to bring you all up here in succession. Um, I might let some newbies uh, that I uh, names I don't recognize cut the line because uh, I really want to encourage people to do this more often. But coming up first is Jose. Jose, what's Jose. going on? <laughs> oh, not much, Kirk. How are you? Feeling good. I'm hungry. I haven't eaten dinner, but that's okay. I wanted to talk to you guys. The, the Mavericks ate that dinner. That's what they did. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it feels Man, good. Uh, yes, it does. And, and I, I just love when Dorian Finney-Smith was on Jim Rome and said, you know, we, we take the last game, too, to play them. They wanted this just as bad as we did, and they definitely showed up in game one like that. Mm. And the Dorian Finney-Smith stuff, I'm glad you brought that up because I blanked it out of my brain just because I remember hearing it and thinking, oh, no, oh, no. And, I, and then I just didn't want to acknowledge it because, I, you know, on paper, the Clippers are better than the Mavericks, and the Mavericks just punched them in the mouth. And I feel very good, you know. Now it's a bet, you know, they need to win three of the next six. And I went from feeling not great about things prior to, to thinking, you know, the Mavericks have – there's no reason they can't beat this team three out of the next six times, right? Right. No, no, no I, I believe it. I mean, uh, 
I, I see your your takes on Porzingis and how he's slow on defense and he just doesn't have that rhythm. And I feel like like the Reds really benefited like the entire team except for KP because of uh, uh, you said it one time that he's a rhythm player and he needs to develop that rhythm on defense. And I completely see it in this first game. Yeah. And well, I, post game, Rick Carlisle talked about how you know, and he, Rick Rick was right. Quite blanked basically took took Porzingis completely out of the game in the second quarter, and that threw things off for him. Um, but if he's that important to the Mavericks that they felt that they needed to do that with Kawhi, that speaks volumes as to his as to what he can bring to the team without scoring. And Brad Townsend said something mid-game. It was like, Porzingis went two of two and then missed his next nine and said something along the lines of, you know, if he's not scoring, he needs to find other ways to contribute. And that's what I'll expect from KP in game two, because he got out by, he, you know, he, he had four boards, but really he, he got two of those in the final six minutes. So he went something like 30 minutes with two rebounds. I expect KP to work a little, a little harder next game to fight and do the dirty work. Cause if KP can do just a little bit of that stuff that takes the pressure off the other players, then the Mavericks are going to be, they're just dangerous. It's what Jason just said. If anybody can be the second best player on a given night, or even carry Luka at stretches, because I don't know if you guys realize this, Luka went 0 for 5 in the fourth quarter. The Mavericks won a game where Luka missed all his fourth quarter shots. That is enormous. And and I, I just couldn't be, you know, I, I couldn't be happier and, and feel more confident. Yeah, uh, Luka really struggled in the fourth, but I was just glad that, uh, Bronson, Richardson, and uh, Tim Hardaway, Finney Smith, all those guys, they, they just stepped up. And, and I love to see that because uh, I know we had our own little jokes about Josh Richardson, but he really stepped up in his first game of the playoffs. He did. That, that quarter three drive right before the buzzer, you know, lefty just, you know, kissed it off the glass as smooth as can be. You know, he, 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 he was three of five, only played 17 minutes, only scored eight points, but those eight points mattered and they came at good times. And I hope, you know, he bothered Paul George, him and Dorian really did a great job on Paul George. And it's just, you know, it, it's, it's a team effort and, and he did his part. I know he's not been pleased about not starting, but you know, your time will come in a, in a, in a playoff series to matter. And I, 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 I'm, I'm, I for one, I'm looking forward to it. Right. Uh, really, uh, the the last few things I had to say is the energy was there. They came out to compete, and I just can't wait to get game two started. <laughs> That's, That's right. Well, thanks for you, Oh, yeah. We got two full days. It's going to be a late game on Tuesday. Thanks for coming up, Jose. All right. Thank you. All right. Coming up next, I'm going to bring up, uh, going to bring up Lauren here, who has joined the chat before. Lauren, how Hey, thanks for having me on. Can you hear me okay? You sound great. Great. Sorry in advance if you hear my child in the background. No, no, that's good. My <laughs> Mine was mad that he had to go to bed after the game. It's like, sorry about <laughs> Yeah, so I went and watched the game at a Buffalo Wild Wings with a bunch of other fans, and it was so hyped. It was great. You got to be with other human beings around a yes. sport? Ah, this is the closest <laughs> I get. I'm jealous. That sounds awesome. It was so fun. Um, and I just wanted to say what I noticed about what we were missing last season was Jalen Brunson in particular, just how he was able to probe through the defense, draw some fouls, like 
it would have been really nice to have him last year. So I'm, I'm really glad that he's with us now. Well, and he sort of struggled during parts of the game, but he was huge in the fourth when the offense was just sort of stagnant. He hit those two kind of back-to-back and ones like that. That sort of showed his value in a way, just in a short burst. Then the Mavericks kind of got those those sorts of plays from almost the entire roster, at least of the guards. So was, I'm, I'm really glad to see him back. Um, you know, I was getting uh, heckled in a, a different group chat about how I didn't. You know, I, I was asking them to trade uh, Jalen like in January. So you know that it's always nice being wrong about things like that. Yeah, I mean, thanks. That's really all I had to say. So. Well, Thanks for having me up. on and bringing us together like this. All right. You have a good night. You too. All right. Coming up next, I see uh, – I'm going to bring up Matt Phillips, who wrote a KP rim protection piece that you all should go read. It was. Uh, I'm thrilled. We won a playoff That's game. That's right. Uh, so one thing that I haven't heard mentioned a bunch, we finished the game on an 18-5 to run mm. from – the Clippers were up 98 to 95 with 6:08 left, and they scored five points in the last six minutes and eight seconds of the. Oh yeah, oh yeah, no, it's 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 just phenomenal to see the defense stepping up for. So they played the Clippers four times now. They have locked them down three times. I don't know what to do with that because this is a Mavericks defense we saw got rolled by the Kings three times in 15 days. I really think that one of the things that helps us is that they don't have a dynamic quick guard. Like, I keep talking about I want us to have one of those players that can take advantage of a scrambled defense. They don't have one either. And that's Mm. what really kills us. Like, your Dame Lillards of the world that can shoot and or have the Jets to go past people, that's what kills us. They don't have one of those. No. No, and their offense is so, you know, when – when Kawhi enters God mode, it's one of the scarier things to be on the other end of because it just feels unstoppable in the way that they have so much space that they can get away with ISOing him like he's 1997 Michael Jordan. Um, and he just he really, you know, didn't have it going. Maxie played him well enough. Uh, 9 of 22 from the floor for, you know, whatever, how many 26 points that he has. I mean, you can't really ask much more of that. And then the defense on the other guys was key. I mean, the three-point shooting was – that's just kind of a regression night for the Clippers. Like, they're not going to shoot 27% from three, and that's okay. Um, the Mavericks showed that they can hang, though, because the Clippers – and the Ma- like, this was – I don't know what the pace was for this game, but it had to have been, you know, slow relative to – even relative to, to both the regular seasons because there was a lot of walking it up and, and things like that. And, and I think if, if you want to get in a, in a slow-paced game with these Mavericks, you're really taking your life in your own hands because – I think if the Clippers push, they might – they give Dallas problems because Dallas just can't guard anybody in transition. Uh, that's absolutely true. Um, one of the things I also thought was weird, this is the hardest I've seen Luka ever close out on people. I, I wouldn't even necessarily say he played that well defensively because he got smoked a few times <laughs> off the dribble. But he he blocked at least two threes, and I really think he blocked another one that they didn't give him credit for. And generally that is his biggest weakness on defense is that he doesn't close out. And yeah. since we don't put him on primary scores, that's kind of a big weakness. Um, and going along with that on the other end, uh, Dorian Finney-Corver is just ah, – the development as a shooter is just fantastic. Yeah. It's, I, I mean – If they don't I, get I another like, game like that, the entire like they might never get another game like that for Dorian Finney-Smith his entire career, and that's okay. 
because he has shown that that like if he makes defenses guard him, then the Mavericks become unguardable. The the Clippers everything they threw at at both Luca and then when they they eventually kind of had to start closing out on Dorian, that breaks schemes because you sort of assume okay we're going to be able to put Zubats on him and he'll be able to it, we'll live with the Dorian threes. Well, no, they won't because. This happened against the the Jazz in the KP list game that where they just beat the crap out of the Jazz, and you, you really have to wonder in the chess match if the Clippers sort of start to doubt their strategy because if Dorian's going to do what he did tonight, even if he just hits two of five next game, then that puts in, like there's like a fear there's like a fear element of of when guys and you see guys start to take a step earlier, which gives Luca an extra step of space when he's doing his thing, and I just I'm really looking forward to this because. Josh and I just talked about this in the podcast, and I think I talked about this yesterday during the locker room. If the narrative becomes about how do the Clippers stop Luka and really the schematic changes, then that that becomes it, – it, it, that, that just like, exists existentially over the series because it, it, I don't see how they stop him, even with the defenders that they have. I mean, he was, he was terrifying tonight. Yeah, so – the deal with that, I mean, I said it in the roundtable, and I've mentioned it before. Because of the scheme they play, and it is harder to change than people think, you cannot play one scheme for your entire season and then go to the playoffs and completely change your rules. I mean, yeah. I know we, we joke about the rules and everything, but they've switched everything all year. And that's why I said beforehand, I was like, everyone talks about them. And to me, their defensive, the, the Clippers' defensive terror is a lot like Christoph Porzingis, the player, in that it's just theoretical because they're not actually who you think they are because it's so easy to get Paul George and Kawhi off of Luka because they'll switch everything. So if you just go have someone stand relatively close, they're off of him. And now, I mean, they, they adjusted to where they were hard doubling and trapping and everything. But like I said in the Lakers game a long time ago, once you go to that hard double, you are no longer in control of whether or not you win. It is completely on the team that you are doubling because you cannot guard four on three. It is yep. just whether or not the other team executes. Well, and I feel like this was the first time in a long time uh, that the Mavericks have really, like, really punished people in the four on three situation. I, I, we talked about how they don't often use Brunson as the screener, and I think tonight's why. Like, he was in that role position a few times. Dorian really did a great job passing out of it. He only had two assists, but, you know, one of them was to essentially put the game out of reach and a pass to Porzingis for a dunk. And, I don't know. I just I loved it. I loved it. There's a lot to talk about with this game. And, so, and then well, thank the, you for coming the up. The last thing I got. Hold on, I got I got one more thing, and then I'll leave. Of course. On the Melly thing, everyone, uh, I actually mentioned that it might be terrible, but we might do it before the game. But the deal with him is, he's not good. Like, so don't think that I'm saying this. But there's a difference in someone getting like, and we put him on Kawhi, and it's not that he can guard Kawhi because he can't. Don't don't mistake mm-hmm. what I'm about to say for that at all. But there's a difference between being able to put someone on him and get cooked like a normal NBA amount and someone that if you put him on him, he scores on literally every possession. Right. And understand that last year we had Seth Curry on Kawhi for large portions of the game, which <laughs> it's, it's, it's not good. And Melly can at least go wander around, and he's relatively large, and yeah, Kawhi's going to get jumpers, but at the very least he can semi-credibly stand out there and you're going to get beat when he's out there, but you're not yeah. going to get run off the court so bad that you can't make up for it. Well, and that's the, so the chat's been talking about this for like 10 minutes and I understand why the Melly minutes had to drive people crazy. 
And the fact that they didn't get burned off the floor is a victory. And that's all you can really hope for. Guys, like, Josh Green is not going to get burned. He's just not. Not not only that, the refs aren't going to give him any, you know. Melly's in there, like, throwing his body around, committing offensive fouls that weren't called, thing, you know, defensive stuff. Like, Josh Green's not going to get those non-calls. Like, Melly's, a, you know, he's an old guy. He looks like Dalton Trigg with the, the same style beard. You know, it's – there's – Melly just kind of got away with a few murderous things that I don't think Josh Green would. Now, that's not to say Josh Green won't play the next night because I think that, you know, Carlisle is willing to mix it up and do all sorts of different weird things. Uh, You know, playing Melly in a playoff series is one of those weird things. Like, I was yelling at my TV too, but they didn't lose those minutes. You know, they they really just meant if, if the, it comes down to like the pace thing. And frankly, just so many Mavericks stepped up, I don't know what to do with myself because that just hasn't happened in a long time. It's great. That's it. One down, three to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks for coming up. Okay. Coming up next, Sean. How you doing, Sean? Hey, Kirk. How's it going? It's great. Yeah. It's amazing how a Mavs win just brightens the day. It's true. That's true. I feel really good. I'm going to enjoy my evening now instead of staying up to like three in the morning, which, which will, you know, there's an opportunity for that to happen on Tuesday, I suppose when the Mavericks play again, but it, <laughs> it's good. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to watch some television. I might watch this Boston game, but the Barclays court, this like gray sepia thing gives me a headache. So I, you know, I don't often watch a lot of nets. Oof. Yeah. So what I have to say is, you know, there was a reason why we said Tyloo wasn't going to out coach Rick Carlisle. Like, Luca put Zubak and Beverly in the Hurt Locker, and he basically freaked out. You know, he benched yeah. Zubak, and which was, in my opinion, a terrible mistake. You know, Zubak was killing us. Mm-hmm. You know, just switch up the rotations a little bit and get Zubak off of Luca, and you probably are less, you know, it's an improvement at least. But yeah. which, I hope, which I hope they don't make that adjustment, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, me either. It was it because he didn't. So it's funny. It's almost like the exact opposite of what happened last year, where Doc Rivers did not seem to understand that playing Zubak like destroyed Dallas, and it particularly it took him until Game Five to really understand that um, because Luca just wasn't last year. He was not able to hit the ten foot nonsense that he hits right now. These like Dirk esque, crazy twisting, high arcing things that I will. Uh, it's going to take me a long time to get used to. It, it, he's so good at these. Yeah, this right was now. a vintage dirt game from Luca. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, what else do we got? Uh, one last thing. So watching KP, it it made me think of the uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. interview with JJ Redick, where when he got to Atlanta, Bud uh, Budenholzer just kind of beat the New York out of him for twenty five games. And right. I really think KP kind of needed that. But they're, you know, like you keep saying, they treat him like a special boy. And he just think he thinks he's Carmelo Anthony or wants to be that. And he does. He, just, he does. But they survived it. And yes. there's a lot to be said for, you know, if the Mavericks would have lost, this is all we would have talked about. Oh, and I'm yeah, glad totally. they didn't. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. I am t- like the people who are in here and hang out with me. Know how I feel. I'm not it, hearing me say it is somehow not near as as frustrating as watching me type it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just meaner on Twitter, but it's possible. The, yeah. Well, and I'm I'm slightly more of an asshole there. Um, <laughs> it's it's just strange to to uh, like 
it's very this is where I just I get I get critical of people and I'm like, look, I don't mean to tell everyone that they're wrong, but it's like you can't watch KP and think this is fine. If you are, and that's what you're telling me, then I will my response then is you don't know what you're watching. Because he he does have a ton of value. Jason Gallagher pointed that out. It's in all the numbers. It just becomes a, a little thing now and then where it becomes like a storyline. It's like, oh, he's not getting his shots. He got 13 shots tonight. He got six in the first quarter, and then he had seven in quarters three and four. Um, and that's probably not enough big picture. But if he could roll to the rim more than once a game, maybe he right would open. get more shots. Like no one guarded him when he rolled. Mm-mm. So this is just such an exciting W. Man, oh, man, Katie oh, yeah. just dunked all over the Celtics. Also, uh, 28-0 after one. After <laughs> The dumbest, best stat of the Mavericks season. I love it so much. So, well, thank oh, you for coming for up. up. Yeah, thank yeah, you for course. having me. All right, so AJ, how you doing, AJ? Good. Thank you for joining us. I think this is your first time. Hey, Kirk, how's it going, man? Good, good. Thank you for coming. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. I, I've been listening to your podcast a lot. I know you podcast. You used to put these on the stream, but uh, first time here on Locker Room, so this is great, man. This is a great win, so I'm excited to be on with you guys here today. Yeah, happy to have you. So what do you got tonight? Man, I was just ex- I mean, overall, I mean, I know there's been a lot of talk about rotations and what KP can and can't do and you know, what the different things are with, you know, what Rick's holding back and plays. And, you know, it just bothers me that KP just can't roll to the basket on a, on a pick and roll. His, his go-to move just seems to be always the pick and pop, which, Mm -hmm. you know, just, uh, you know, Dwight Powell is, 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 is a great athlete. I understand that, but KP is seven foot three and he can move, you know, not as well as Dwight, but at least good enough he should be able to pin his man and, and get down to the paint and, and be a threat because that would open up, I feel like, so many other things for, for Luca and the whole team. And it just it just bothered me that they don't either go to that play or he doesn't do it or he's just not committed to it. I don't know what it is, but it just, you know, it just, I feel like that's something that would really unlock this offense and, and, and take it to the next level. So with, with two days off between games, they'll probably be – a little bit of practice, a little bit of film study. And I bet they show KP some opportunities where he can roll. Um, he got the ball once in the third, I think, and kind of just did a panic dribble and then passed it immediately back to Luca at the top of the key. Mm-hmm. And when his confidence is high, it's just like watching a different dude. And I, I, I'm really yeah. pleased that he finished the game because that finishing of the game – you know, it's like, we don't talk about this, because, but it happened often enough in the regular season where the match pulled him for the final few minutes of the game, clutch game time, and he was in. Actually defensively, yeah. Yeah, and he mattered, and he mattered. Mm-hmm. And I I just hope that does wonders for his confidence because, you know, you might get, you can't, this is, I'll just put it to you like this. This is the game the Mavericks that they won without KP. I don't think they can have another game that they win without right. KP, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. He's just too important. So. No, no, I, that makes sense, and I agree. And one of the things my friends and I were talking about in the group chat was, you know, before the last, you know, six minutes of this game was, was, was Tim Hardaway Jr. the best piece that we got back in that trade, or was was it KP? And you know, it's just been a conversation we've kind of had all season long, and it, it kind of showed up for most of the game today um, with Hardaway, you know, having a great game. But that's just a, you know, something that we've been mulling well, in, in my in my group chat with a few of my buddies. 
you know, all season long, but I uh, hope not. But, you know, it's what it sure. seems like so far. Well, thank you for joining, AJ. I appreciate you. Yep, absolutely. Thanks, Kirk. Mm-hmm. All right, coming up next, we have uh, first of two Jasons. So, Jason one, Jason Jang. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Is the app working for you? There we go. There we go. There we go. Well, I've been a kind of a grump in the chat, I feel, but we won. We had we had an amazing game. Luca was insane. Oh my god, some of those threes, the bailouts, that's insanity. Tim Hardaway Jr. just I don't know, just on fire. His his parents, his father, his mom, everyone must have been there tonight. And then Jalen, oh my god, in that fourth quarter, just came up super clutch. Yes, mom. Yeah, the Brunson thing was probably the most surprising to me because if you look at the series stats, he was efficient, but he didn't do what he what had really been making him a difference maker. And I think it's primarily because of the Clippers' length. And when he he had he had three and ones tonight, unless my brain no, it was the it was the one that that Willie Cauley uh, Stein got accused of it, it, it incorrectly called for an offensive uh, interference. But he was oh, in the room with some like unbelievable angled like layup floaters where he's kissing it off the glass at like just like that I mean that's the kind of crap that that you do before like pickup when you're just messing around and he's just like like I just I was just so impressed by his touch tonight really really glad to see him coming through in a playoff game it was just mean and honestly I think I don't we're I'm glad that the Clippers somehow don't see this but Reggie Jackson is unplayable on defense like Luca <laughs> just exposes him Jalen exposed him He's so bad. I don't get like like I get he's a decent shooter from outside and like they can't play Rondo all the time, but Jesus Christ, he's so bad. Thank God. Richie Jackson used to be on the Thunder, right? No, he was Detroit. He was Detroit for a while. But, oh yeah, Thunder that, drafted by Thunder trade to Detroit. So he was down to Thunder moved, and he just sucked when he got to Detroit. He had to be moved out of Oklahoma City because he earnestly thought he was the best player on that team. <laughs> I remember this. He, like him and Westbrook just got in a fight, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Oh yeah. my and, and when you watch a guy get cooked like he did, it's like what? It, like on what realm of, of 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 like playing are you? Where you think you're good? I, I agree with you though. They have good players that they. I just Terrence Mann. I'm really worried about Terrence Mann. <laughs> His energy. He's really good. He's really good. Just, I'm worried about play. That. I don't. Even he didn't even play. play. He didn't even Ugh. play. See, this is why I've been killing Tyrone Lue. Like that guy's I just, dumbass. That guy's a dumbass. I just, it's you know, Doc Rivers was different, but it, it's like this sort of thing. You know, they shot twenty-seven percent from three and still had a pretty good chance to beat Dallas. And it's just you know, switch things up a little bit. But you know, hopefully not. And hopefully not. Hopefully not. Anything, hopefully not. Because uh, you know, I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm with you. I'm really excited. No, we're that's a fun part. So, if, like anybody that's listening on the podcast, like we get all uh, everybody that participates in the chat tends to get a little snipey because we're like arguing over silly stuff. But everybody that is doing this like is obviously really happy that the Mavs won. So. Ah, uh, well, you got anything else? One last thing. God damn the Cuban. Why the fuck are you encouraging Rajan Ronda to go off on us? Oh, my goodness. This is such so dumb. I hate the storyline. I'm really glad that we won a game where Rajon Rondo shot like he did in that. There was a, I still This still sticks out in my head where Rondo was one of the few TNT All-Star participants to play a game of horse, and he hit like 14 threes in a row, and I remember being very upset because he couldn't do that for us. Um but I was oh, just so God. happy that they won despite Rondo. Rondo really mattered in that game. I mean, he was a negative nine or whatever. He was really, really minus. good. 
but he was good. <laughs> he was good. You know, we sh- we should never like. I feel single. like game three or maybe game four, Lou's just going to start Rondo, and we're probably going to lose that game when they start Rondo because <sighs> Beverly Jackson, those guys are they have no chance for Luca. But I feel like Rondo actually. I mean, some of that was just Luca, but like they got into him. They were doubling Luca as well, but Rondo mm-hmm. had some pretty good defense possessions. I thought. Oh yes. Well, thank you for coming up. Yep. Go Mavs. James Island, let's go. Let's go. Love the love the excitement. All right, I'm going to bring up uh, second Jason as well because he's been in the chat. Hi Jason, thanks for joining. Hey, thanks. Uh I'm going to jump on the uh the Tyrone Lou Tyron Lou uh trolling. Um uh, him taking out Zubak for the majority of the second half. I I think Rick Carlisle just played the crap out of Tyrone Tyrone Lou. In, the, in that aspect, and if you now you have three Clippers that can't guard Luca, I mean, are you, are they just going to double Luca for the rest of the series? I think because, that might be their best chance, really, because they because were letting Luca take those three. Yeah, I mean, you can't put Beverly on him. You can't put. Uh, I mean, if they put Kawhi or Paul George, they're just going to screen and get whoever they want on Luca. So. You can't put uh, Reggie Jackson on him, obviously. And Zubak is just getting torched. So if you're doubling uh, Luka the entire game, I mean, it's basically whoever hits the most threes to me in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and as a couple of people pointed out earlier, the Mavs obviously shot very well from three, but then they had, you know, one of their top five three-point shooters before Zingas missing all of his shots. Um, and you know, Brunson didn't, I don't even know if Brunson shot that many, but there's just, there's real, you know, there's, we can approach this from the angle of, oh, this is just the outlier game for the Mavericks where they shoot the ball, they hit 50% of their threes. I think there's a little bit of something to that, but then there were just enough Mavericks who didn't play well enough to make me think that, I mean, this is, this is a real series now. I, I feel I was so grumpy before the series just because you look at the paper stats and like the Clippers should mow Dallas down, but they didn't. And I, they're afraid of Luca as they should be, but it, it just really feels now like they're, you know, they're in their own heads. You know, if, if they don't come out with fire and beat the crap out of, out of Dallas on Tuesday, then, then you know, Dallas is, is officially in this series in a real way. I'm, I'm well, excited. Well, I mean, if we actually take game two, I, I mean, in, in my mind, I, I see a world where the Clippers just crumble. Yes. I, I, I think it might be over if we still get game two. Yeah, I agree with that entirely. I can't even – I don't even know what I would do with myself. Because, number one, that's a late game. So, it's like on the East Coast here. It'll get over with like two in the morning. I would just be like screaming in my basement. Man, awesome. Uh, I'll be Jason, right there with you. Go, Matt. You got anything else for us? No, that's it. I'm good. Thanks, Thanks. for coming up. All right, coming up next, we have a longtime listener, Christian. Christian, say it. Hey, what's up, Kirk? How you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good. I mean, I I don't know how, you know, I was screaming at the TV for, you know, basically the entirety of the game, in particular when... KP tried to dribble left and drive it on Kawhi. That was um, a choice. But, <laughs> uh, you know, th- it, it's bad to do it, period. But against Kawhi, I think, you know, everyone knew what the outcome was going to be. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I before the series and, um, you know, I, I had mentioned this on the podcast that 
I think Rick wins a game. I think Luca wins a game. And the question is, do the role players or KP, can those between those two win a game or two by themselves? Not necessarily by themselves, but, you know, step up in a really big way. And so I think this game is really uh, on those role players um, playing lights out. Uh, I do think, you know, and I'm interested to see what you think. Um, Kawhi was basically guarding KP the whole game. So I almost understand a little bit. I mean, there's certainly a lot he needs to do better, uh, better choice of shots at times, all that kind of thing. But um, I almost kind of expected it with Kawhi on him just because Kawhi is that good. What do you think? thousand percent agree. I, I said this earlier. It's worth saying again. If the Clippers are for concerned enough to put all, all multiverse defender Kawhi Leonard on KP, then you live with that. Like, then you find, you know, he, he's essentially a, a high paid decoy, which I know Porzingis hates, but that matters because then opens up things elsewhere. And the members took full advantage of that because it, it's, it, you know, it does one thing, one thing it does do is it, and we're sitting there saying, well, why didn't KP roll to the basket more? Well, if, if you're running a screen, if KP's setting a screen for whoever's guarding Luca and then the switch is Kawhi, like that's dumb. Like you don't want to do that. Like, why would you exactly. want to switch on? So, so it's, it's, there's a little bit of that going on. And I didn't even think of that until we're talking out loud. And, and so that's probably why we didn't see more Porzingis roles. Um, but, you know, this was, this was overall just like such a net positive. I think the postgame stuff, everybody's saying the right things. You know, KP closing the game, I think, is pretty important to his own confidence and the dunks. And, and I just – I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next game, basically. Yeah, and another thing is, like, next game, I mean, my God, please box out. Like, please, this really could have been a blowout if we – didn't give up the second chance points like I mean it, it's not even just giving up one rebound it's just, uh, you know there were there were they, multiple possessions with multiple offensive rebounds exactly yeah and no I'm with you it, there it, it's unacceptable but I think you know Luca is ready for this and I think one of the biggest things um even beyond the three ball uh shooting the three ball better I think his mid-range is just so important because in the playoffs, you need a mid-range. In the regular season, not as much. It's a lot of, you know, of course, threes and layups. But in the playoffs, it is a lot of mid-range game because you got to get, you know, good shots. And in the playoffs, you oftentimes can't get uh, open threes or, you know, easy layups. So having that mid-range is just so critical uh, for the well, I think that's what broke the Clippers' initial uh, defensive strategy more than the threes because Luka just hit a few of those shots that are unguardable. And it's sort of how – it's like the helplessness I feel whenever Kawhi was posting up Maxi, and, and it's just – it's incredible to watch him go. Uh, and it, it, his balance, his touch, I just I – love, I love watching him shooting, you know, shooting things like that. But, yeah, and I think uh, another thing, you know, it was all around, you know, obviously there were some lapses, but the team defense and in particular the defense that Maxi played was just so instrumental to this win. Um, you know, I think it was Lauren that mentioned Brunson. I, 
you know, he seemed very anxious at first, uh, right when he got on in the game, like he was hesitant. He looked uncomfortable, but as the game went on, he started, you know, getting in rhythm and that little hezzy that he has is, you know, it's fantastic. And he gets by people. I think both times were on Paul George when he got the and one there a little bit later in the game. Um, but you know, I, I, I was skeptical about the ability to win this series. And I think even beyond the win, I feel comfortable in the fact that I think these players believe not only that they can win, but that they should win this series. And they would be disappointed if they, they lose. And so I think having that mentality is going to be important. Um, I hope it's, you know, their their mindset's a bit different than the regular season, and they just better be ready for this Clippers team to come all at them uh, and attack this next game because they know if, if they go down 2-0, um, you know, and then we go home for two games with a packed arena, and the first time that uh, Paul George hits the backboard, and those chants raining down, my God, I, I think, um, you know, it, it, it's just this team's ready. Um, and, you know, KP, uh, especially if Kawhi's not strictly on him, um, I, I hope he's able to bounce back, get in rhythm, and, uh, you know, let's win this series. Love it. Thanks for coming up as always, my friend. I appreciate it, Kirk. All right. Um, and you know, a couple of you guys were talking about like the Lakers in 2011. And so I just posted my favorite funnier die video of the chat. It was this uh, guy doing Luke, uh, Kobe's post game discussions and, you know, may he rest in peace, but this was one of the funnier, uh, funnier videos, like, like just the, uh, of the age and it stuck with me anyhow. All right. So we're going to uh, blur through some people because I want to eat some dinner and celebrate, but, uh, coming up next is our friend Manuel. What's happening? Oh, it's you. Oh, hi, Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> hi. Sorry, I need to get <laughs> better you, about giving like, people time to, no, like... No, 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 no. It was, you're fine. I, the, like, the instant you said my name, the sound blurred out, so I didn't, I didn't know it was me. So, uh, hi, Kirk. How I'm are you great. Doing? I'm great. So what do we got tonight, friend? Yeah, as expected. Uh, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but it's been pounding me every, like, Minute after the like celebration for the win, I just think a lot of things went wrong for the Clippers, and they made like a lot of wrong judgments. So this is definitely not like the best play we'll see from them. But also, yeah. there's a lot of things that could go right for us. So yes, there's still like yes, the pressure is on them now, and playoff P is a real thing. So I'm not, I don't know. I'm a reality-based person, and it should just I'm, – I'm, I'm such a grump myself. I feel like it should say something. I feel really good about our chances now. Like, things can go sideways in a hurry. The Clippers are talented. Um, but, you know, I just – I can't escape the fact that Luka Doncic looks like the player I hoped he would be by the time he was, like, 27 right now. And – that fear that he places on teams is, is, you know, that doesn't change. He looks healthy. The Mavs look healthy. They look rested. So there's a lot of things that can go their way. That said, you know, the Clippers hit two more threes. That game feels way different, you know? 
So yeah, definitely. Uh, the way, like in my head, I see it going on, like the path to victory is we might lose uh, next game because you know it's their home court. They're gonna come back with like a vengeance. They like a lot of people on that team. They're like characters. They have strong like mentality and stuff like that. Like Serge Ibaka was part of the championship yep. team uh, with Kawhi. Kawhi was like a monster of that championship run. Yes. He might come back and try to shoot like 35 shots next game and just win it all by himself. Uh, but I feel like we could win both of our home games and then maybe it's like a, for the rest of the series, like home team wins and that just makes us win in six. That's right. Love it. Well, thanks for coming up. Thank you, Kirk. All right, coming up next, we have Tyler, who's been patiently waiting. Tyler, how? Kirk, I am good. That game was awesome. It was. It was. I'm going to remember this one, because playoff victories are sometimes hard. Yeah, and I saw a couple of tweets, like, it was the first game, the first uh, game one we've won since the Western Conference Finals in 2011. Wild. Is that true? Yeah, because the rest of... I, I mean, we lost game one to the Spurs. That's no, the only, you're right. That's the only series I remember. You're right. And then they didn't, like, there was the Oklahoma City series. They lost to the Heat game one. That game upset me. I still remember that in 2011, being like, oh, and, no, the end is near. And the and Rondo the, game against the Rockets. Yeah. And then there was the, the Ray Felton game against the Thunder, but that was definitely not game one. Um, yeah. Man, God, I guess it's been forever. Wow, I didn't realize that. Crazy. Ten years. Crazy. But um, a couple of takeaways I had. Uh, number one, I think we're all overreacting a bit to the rebounding. We were plus three on the glass and plus nine on second chance points, which it didn't feel like that at all. But no, the stats did didn't lie. <laughs> I didn't know that. And I did the recap of the game. I should probably know these things. Yeah, I'm drinking and, now, by the way, guys. Uh, don't worry. <laughs> me too. Um, and then uh, the second thing is that I am really – I don't want to say I'm too confident, but there's a, a real chance that Carlisle can coach circles around Ty Lue the rest of the series because he's got a tactical advantage now because Luca obviously destroyed their coverage and make them uh, kind of go against their game plan like after the first half. So yeah, the Clippers are the Clippers are going to adjust, but Rick has Rick has the cards. He he has the power to kind of make them change again. And I think that Rick is going to take advantage of that. Oh, yes. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does next because this is the the regular season stuff, and I get why fans get mad at him. I get it, and I agree. But it's the sort of stuff like tonight where he gambles and picks, you know. He, he gambles and steals Melly minutes. And they weren't great minutes, but and they lost those minutes. But they didn't get absolutely maimed the way things have happened, you know, in, in like a series of runs. So it's, I'm just, I'm looking forward to seeing what's next. So we don't, we don't have Rick because he's a good regular season coach. This is why Rick is our coach. So I, I'm excited to see you. That's right. Well, thanks for coming up. Tyler. Of course. All right. Coming up next, Andrew. How you doing, Andrew? Uh, good evening. One down three to go for this series. Four quick points. Mavs outscored the Clippers in every single quarter mm. tonight. That's a good stat. Yeah. Uh, number two, 
Leading free throw attempter for the Mavs tonight was Brunson with seven of eight. Good. That's a good one, too. We, Yep. We got Luka's third ever playoff triple-double in just seven games. That's just silly. And an odd stat that they uh, threw up there on the uh, local telecast. Uh, I did not know Brunson and Tim Hardaway Jr. were both in the top ten in the league in most charges taken this season. Did we talk about – have I talked about the, the, the Hardaway charge? Because it was the thing that I led my recap with. You I don't remember? think we talked about it yet. Okay, so we all – like, I talked I about this in the, in the thing with Josh, so maybe I haven't tonight. So if you go look at the box score, it's uh, 98 – no, it's 97-98. Uh, Luca takes a garbage shot, uh, probably like a running floater because the Mavs offense was broken and he had to put up something. It was a kind of long rebound – that goes, it's basically a turnover. Paul George gets it on the push, and it looks like an easy two. Hardaway slides in underneath him, gets elbowed in the face, called for an offensive foul. After a review, it's held up as an offensive foul, which it was amazing listening to the commentators be confused about how an elbow to the face is an offensive foul. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, Richard Jefferson, I love you for your mad stint, but you're annoying. Go away. Uh, following that delay, you know, kind of like non-timeout timeout, uh, Tim Hardaway comes down and hits a three. That it put them up 100 to 98. The Mavericks never trailed after that. That ser- that segment, that five point swing in the Mavericks' favor, which it feels like we haven't got many of those this year, though I'm sure we have. Uh, that won the game. Yeah, that was the head. turning point. And I think right before that happened too, Dorian got called for an offensive foul by putting an elbow into somebody too. Mm, okay, you're right. You're right. Well, thanks for coming up, Andrew. You got anything else? That's it. Let's go, Mavs. Three more to go this series. That's right. Man, Andrew's got a hell of a radio voice. Really good, like, booming sense. All right, coming up next is Cato. What's happening? Hey, Kirk, how are you? Great, thank you for joining. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, I have a couple of points that I would like to express about this game. What's here? Um, KP, you know, he frustrates me sometimes. Um, one big reason that I feel like he believes that – he wants to be the the superstar that he was in New York. That he's just not um, being in, in the, on the Dallas team. Is that what he's doing to make himself um, effective? He's not utilizing himself properly. So, for example, you see a lot of times where he's just standing. Once he picks, once he sets a pick with Luka Doncic, he doesn't try to set a hard screen like Powell. So, a lot of times when he slips. The defender just ignores him, and and he, it doesn't allow Luka Doncic to um, um, throw the pass to him. And then that's why Luka always throws the pass to Dory or um You know, I don't think he knows how. I really don't think he knows how. Uh, there's a lot of obtuseness to KP's game, but I don't think he has ever been taught how to set a good screen, let alone roll. Um, let alone move to the spot after that's not a pop. But you're right. You're 100% right on this. Keep going. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. That's okay. And um, my second point is that the Mavericks, they were literally infuriating me because how many times it was Porzingis in the paint, it was Dory Finney-Smith in the paint, it was Maxi in the paint, and the Clippers were continuously getting rebounds. Why don't we just do what is the proper – um, standard and have always either a guard or a forward right there at the key. So when a clipper misses the three point shot, 
we always have the advantage of getting the rebound because that's where it, it, it usually falls after the three-point shot. We're always in the paint, and then we're looking up yeah, when the, the, the ball is, yeah. you know? Yeah, also, no. and my, my, my third point is um, I was really disappointed that Josh Richardson wasn't able to be the um, the player that he was with the Heat. I feel like he hasn't lived up to the expectations after the trade. I would rather have still have Seth Curry, in my opinion. I feel like, yes, his, the, his defense has been a, a little bit of a factor, but I feel like Seth Curry would have gave us more on offense, and that would have been more um, – um, it would have been better for us to um, have been a long series with the Clippers. What do you think about that? It's very tough. Um, did any of you guys hear Bill Simmons and Dirk Nowitzki have a conversation earlier this week? Did, it, did you happen to hear that one, Cato? No, I, I saw it on the Mavs Twitter, but I didn't get to listen to it. I would listen to it. Number one, it's amazing because Dirk's recall about the championship run was really important and fun, too. Like, spine-tingling, like, man, this dude remembers – and it just brought me back. But anyways, one of the things he talked about was how him and Jason Terry had to be surrounded by three defenders because they couldn't guard anyone. And it really made me laugh. And it makes me think to a degree of what's happening with Porzingis and Luca, where both of them have to be better on defense, just broadly speaking. Maybe not this game, but like for the Mavericks to really be something, they both have to be better on defense. And that then down, like that responsibility falls to guys like Richardson, like Dorian, like Maxi. And I don't think the NBA, you can play that anymore. Like you can't have two guys who can't, who either can't or don't guard and be like a championship level team. So Richardson kind of got put in a position where it's not fair to him. I mean, Seth has had a pretty good year, um, but he didn't play near the minutes Richardson did. Like Richardson was an Iron Man, um, and and that does matter over the course of the year. I, I wish he would have had a better season too. What I really wish is that the Mavericks would have been a lot more honest with him and his role because had he, like if you look at his minutes totals for a lot, like huge chunks of seasons, played 30 plus minutes. I mean, if he's playing 20, 24 ish, I think that matters. And if he's not starting, cause I just, I didn't like him in the starting role, but the problem is you go look at like their five man lineup, advanced stats stuff. The, the lineups with Richardson just rock out. Um, it, it's kind of shocking. It, it, it really goes against what my eyes are telling me. So I, I, I will say that I a hundred percent understand why you feel this way. It's just, it's, they're just in a difficult position. Yeah. And my final point is, um, I really give props to the Mavericks and in two instances in this, in, in this game versus the Clippers, one where Rondo was trying to get in the head of Dorothy Finney Smith. Remember, I think it was off of a miss from the Mavs. Yeah. And, like, Rondo was trying to get in the head of Dory Finney-Smith. It was strange how none of them got a technical for that, but whatever. And the Mavs kept their cool. And then the, 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 my, the, the second one was when, like, I, I'm, I'm thankful that Maxi took it for the team. He, he, he decided to not this care about the decision. He didn't and, take one. I'm so proud of him, and I'm so glad you brought this up. Keep going. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, and I respect Maxi for 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 doing as best as he could to try to stop Kawhi, even though he had no chance. But for the Mavericks to be able to keep their composure, not get flustered, and like match what Kawhi did to Maxi, and just continue to, you know, level the playing field and keep with um playing within and within their offense, 
was really remarkable because I felt mm-hmm. like after that dunk where you saw um, Morris, Kawhi, and um, I forgot, I think it was PG, all yelling at um, Maxi after the dunk and still able to keep the composure and play within the offense was a truly big step because I don't think last year's Mavericks team was going, would have been able to keep that, their level of composure because I feel like they were too emotional last, last, last season in the playoffs. What do you think? It's an outstanding point. It is. I, I'm irritated at myself for not talking about it earlier, but that dunk felt like it should have been a tide turning moment, and instead it was just another play, and that is is very important. I I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you. No problem. And that's all the um all I have for today. Thank you for having me. And go Mavs, go. That's right. All right. Thank you, Cato. All right. We got a few more folks. Want to blaze through people because I have a burrito bowl waiting for me. James, James Helms, how you doing tonight? Thanks for joining us. You able to talk there? All right. Well, and you have Mahomes in your profile, so I, I very much would like to talk to you because you have a very good profile photo. All right. Try to rejoin. Uh, sometimes the audio doesn't work the first time you do this. It's still, you know, we're still working through challenges with the app. It's a great app, though. Don't listen to anybody who craps on it. I love it. Uh, coming up next is Brad. How you doing, Brad? Can't have no audio from you too, Brad. No, I know you want to talk. All right, try to restart it and I'll hang out a few seconds. Um, let me see here. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm really looking forward to what's next. Uh, we got two days and if you come by MavsMoneyBall.com, we will have, um, you know, Matt Phillips was in here earlier who has joined our site. He's going to be doing, he has a short stats post. Josh Bowe is writing a post-game column. Uh, on what he saw from some of the role players, um, internet, uh, everybody's favorite internet uh, uh, man, uh, is Talk Franco is doing a kind of, you know, a, a play-by-play breakdown, which he does with his gifts. I've, he does them on Twitter, for those of you who follow him, and I've been yelling at him, and I'm like, just take your tweets and put them in a post. Million, like hundreds of thousands of more people will see them that way. Um, and then I know uh, Doyle Raider is going to be writing something. So we should have a ton of content the next several days as much as we can. All right. So coming up, uh, Brad here was able to restart the app. Yeah, Brad, let's. It better yeah, this time? I don't know. It just does that sometimes. So if it doesn't work yeah. for you, and this goes for everybody in the chat, if you notice a bug, shake your phone, and then you do like this send f- feedback thing. Um, and that actually will, it helps out the engineers. It goes that way, um, I believe. You know, I think we have. Uh, Ethan Simon somewhere lurking in the chat who can who can uh, confirm that either way, um, but it's uh, you know the, this is still a young app and it takes time for them to figure out you know it's there's a lot of moving pieces in this thing so Brad go ahead no yeah uh, well I mean obviously great mood great win um, as people mentioned you know it helped that the Clippers shot so poorly from three but you know again if this was a game that we would have lost and they shot like that from three then I mean how, how bad do you feel about it um, and you guys are talking about Maxi um, you know that that dunk that KP had off of Dorian there um, I was astounded that Kawhi did make his business decision just to slide out of the way like they weren't down by five um, you know, in the waning minutes of this playoff game. I don't know if he would have done much, but, I mean, KP, honestly, like, it's not like he's a, you know, huge body going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's, but, that's, it's an odd choice because if KP feels good coming in the next game, you know, like a yeah. confident KP, like that man, like, 
Sometimes he plays with some unearned confidence, but when he plays with earned confidence, he's a destroyer mm-hmm. of worlds. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, obviously he played well in the time for the most part last uh, year against them. But uh, so, yeah, having him actually play well for the rest of the series would be wonderful for us. But, you know, this game to me just kind of seemed like a, I don't know, like when finally like, I don't know, like a younger sibling or something like that realizes that, you know, their bigger, older brother can't bully them anymore and, uh, you know, actually fights back and like keeps with it and just, you know, doesn't let them get in their head about stuff. Like, it was just great to see, like, uh, you have Rondo and, like, their classic, like, you know, Beverly and stuff, and just everyone seemed unbothered, like, they seemed like they were on a mission. Uh, Dorian, I mean, I don't know if you can praise him enough for just the season he's, season he's had. Unfortunately, he didn't get the post-game interview this time, but uh, that would have been great. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just a, just a great win to watch. Uh, I honestly was not um, really expecting a game one win. Um, but I mean, obviously you'll take it. And then now it's just a matter of if we can get out of there with two or not. That's right. Well, thank you, Brad. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. All right. Coming up next, we have, uh, Mavrello. Mavrello, you've been stalking people's photos and you've been doing all sorts of stuff on the internet. How did you help the Mavericks uh, get a victory tonight? Here we are. Um, like I said, this, that, this is the biggest X factor, Mavrello. I don't even know who the Clippers mascot is. Uh, he's Clippy, the paperclip. Like, you'd think the Microsoft guy, Steve Ballmer, would <laughs> lean into that, like, full force. Like, they should absolutely have Clippy be be the mascot, not a boat. I'm, I'm actually kind of upset that I didn't, actually didn't even see any vi- pictures of Steve Ballmer, because I'm sure he was shaking his head, and that would have been pretty... Well, and he leads he leads the well, Luca actually leads the NBA in this, but Steve Ballmer is second in the NBA in pink face, right behind Luca. So you know, we we should have seen more of him. Yeah, this was a huge win. I mean, game ones are always huge and you know, in our series in our history since our championship we haven't been too good at that. Um like I said, um I think like a lot of people said on here, you know, I, I expect the Clippers to kind of bounce back. And the more I look at these two teams, they they kind of seem very similar. And I mean that as in like, you know, they're both led by a superstar. And then you have your secondary star, which sometimes, you know, <laughs> you hope shows up. And then you just have a bunch of like, you know, role players like Marcus Morris. You know, he didn't show up today, which I think helped them lost. Why our role players did. I don't know. It's just these two teams seem very similar as far as like, like obviously the Clippers maybe have some more advantages, but they just seem pretty close in my opinion, which is why I think that the Mavericks actually match up pretty well with them. No, I love it. I think there, there's just a lot to be positive about going forward because stealing this first one tilts the scales. Well, thank you for coming up. Yeah, one more thing um, before I leave. I think I got to see one of the weirdest lineups and almost made me super that lineup at the start of the fourth. Oh my God. That was weird. I wrote about that. Cause I'm just like, what is happening? Who is, why are they playing Lugo with three non shooters? Yeah, that was, I, I literally like, <laughs> I thought that was going to be a huge turning point. It just seemed that the Mavericks really well today just matched every Clippers counter punch, which, you know, is pretty much what you have to do. So hopefully, Tuesday night, I, I'm sure you'll enjoy that uh, late night 
game. <laughs> uh, I might have to take off work Wednesday. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully, I mean, at least if you do have a post game and they win, man, that would be a, a super cool locker room. But, I know. I will. I'll, we'll have one of these come hell or high water because, yeah. you know, this is this is my routine now. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Yep. We'll take the one and one on the road trip and then see what happens. Or two and oh, hopefully. Exactly I appreciate right. it. Thanks for coming up. All right, guys, I'm going to get on out of here. I just wanted to, you know, remind everybody. So you want to come up here on stage and say something, please do. Um, the thing I like the most about Locker Room is that it's part of the democratization of content. You don't need to know what you're doing to do stuff now. I'm not a radio guy. I'm not a podcaster or a writer. I've simply, you know, taken some opportunities. And now I do this for fun. And we have this fun community. I'm never going to make money off of this. This is just a good time. So please come up here and talk. Let's, you know, we don't, we have a lot of the same folks, which I appreciate, but don't be, you know, don't be worried about, you know, hopping up here and issuing a comment, talking about something. It's, it's all in good fun. We're here to hang out. So we'll be back here. I'm not sure. I may do one, a pregame one of these on Monday night, depending on what happens. Um, Josh Bowen, I's podcast will go up on the feed tomorrow. I'd appreciate it if you downloaded, uh, or, and then this will go up probably tomorrow afternoon, even though you've all been here and download that too. Um, this has been Kirk Henderson with Mavs Moneyball, and this has been group therapy. We've had a great time. Everyone enjoy the rest of your weekend.